0: Hey everybody, it's episode 137 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with David Picciuto. Good morning, Bob Claggett. Good morning, David Picciuto. You sound like you didn't just wake up, whereas I sound like I just woke up. You you had a long night, from what I understand. I, I had a long weekend, yes. <laughs> but we're also here with Jimmy Duresta.
1: You guys just woke me up by doing the intro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry for that.
1: <laughs> I'm awake now. Yeah, no. It's uh, it's six thirty here in California. Mm. I've been up since five thirty. In fact, good grief! I just get hey, out of the shower. Figured I I do all the hard stuff before the podcast because I'm getting picked up immediately after we're done.
0: Did you work out this morning? Still doing that?
1: No, no, I, I am, but I didn't. I missed the last two days because okay. scheduling. Like we were, we've been working really late, and I'm like completely exhausted. I've been going to sleep at nine. Yesterday was a yesterday was a fun hangout day. I got to hang out with Nick all day. Nick Offerman took me around and showed me his wood shop and stuff i'll talk more about that as we get into it but that uh so we ended up getting back here at like nine o'clock ten o'clock at night and i was just exhausted knowing i had to get up this early so missed the gym again mm. tonight definitely I promise everybody i'll be at the gym tonight
2: i'm gonna get text on you later, text you later.
1: <laughs> thank you <laughs> please do because i'll be like i'm showing a trailer
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice well what's been going on <laughs> Other than you working a lot. Still in California.
1: Me? Yeah. I'm still in California. We finish here Wednesday. So by the time this podcast airs, I will be two days into my drive back home. Oh, Taylor wow. is here with our car. So we're going to drive back to New York. Uh, we might make a little meandering, zigzaggy trip across the United States. We'll see. If Kentucky's time on the way.
0: You know, I mean, you want to stop in, man. We, we
1: might. There's a couple of <laughs> there's a couple of YouTubers we might stop and say hello to along the ride. So uh, yeah, we'll see I'm how a, that goes. I'm a
0: YouTuber just in case. You know.
1: <laughs> what qualifies you? as oh, yeah, a YouTuber? Oh yeah, send me a channel. I'll review it. <laughs> okay. How many subs do you have? <laughs> Bob's got all the subs. Yeah, and uh, but as far as the 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 project here is going well, it's going well. Um, thankfully, I'm not the editor because there's 20 cameras shooting in every direction all day long and I just, from my point of view, I just can't see how they're going to make a story or what they're going to do with it, but it's not my part of the job. I'm just here to be the shop teacher, make sure nobody cuts their hands off and mm. make sure there's a couple of things being built so it's I, it's sort of my job to make sure that if they're going to build something that needs to be tried out by somebody else, I want to make sure no one's going to fall through or step on something that's going to break their ankle. So mm. I'm also kind of uh, like the seat of the pants engineer here too, because a lot of these people don't have experience with engineering. So when I see somebody building something, I'm like, Meh, maybe you should do it this way, hmm. yeah. So nobody gets a, a screw through the bottom of their foot or something like that. Are
0: there, have, have there been any so major been, Have there been any major incidents of that where you've had to like stop something from no. being dangerous? Huh. Good. Are they receptive no, to No, but that? I
1: could see it because it's like a real. Su- uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a slow train, so it's uh, you know I could just say, hey, you know what? Let me see, let me see what your plan is, and then I discuss the plan with them, and I'm like, probably better off if you do this, and they go, mm. okay, cool, because they don't know any better. And uh, I-, I learned from working. It's like when you work on a big giant TV set, like I'm working on, when you work with so many people, it's it's a little frustrating because there's no ownership in anything. Like nobody takes responsibility for anything. It's like. Mm. My broom keeps going missing, and I keep losing my temper. Like I turn around, and like my broom just goes for a walk because someone comes up to the set and goes, "Oh, there's a broom. I need a broom over there." And they take it, and it just disappears, and it's gone. So I'm like the curmudgeon from New York that keeps complaining every (laughs) five minutes. Where's my
0: broom? (laughs) Exactly.
1: It's exactly what it's like. (laughs) I'm at a point now. I got to keep my mouth shut. I'm like, because no, I'm like everyone thinks I'm like whatever an actor or whatever on the show, but. This shop is my responsibility, so I'm having a little bit of a frustrating week because every time I turn around, and now there's only three episodes left, so it's like I don't need to sweep up for the next three days. I don't care. It's not my responsibility. So, I mean, it's it's a frustrating experience in the way that there's a whole entire shop full of tools. And every time I come back, they're like Mm rearranged and put away in a different spot or somebody comes on and goes, oh, you know what? I need to put a screw in somewhere. And they'll take a screw gun and they'll use it and just leave it right where they used it. And that could be 100 yards away from where I am. Mm-hmm. And then, I, then when the show begins and we need a screw gun, I have to turn to somebody with a little microphone on the collar and go, there was a screw gun here yesterday, and now it's gone. And then it's like 25 like microphone. Jimmy needs a screw gun. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, how many screw guns do you need? I go, I just need the one that used to be here. What What did it look like? I go, it looks like every other thing in here because everything's sponsored by one color. Okay, Jimmy <laughs> said there was a screw gun on the set. <laughs> So that's what it's like every day. It's like totally frustrating. But it's rewarding to work with uh, the crew that I'm working with. And it's a fun project. So we'll see where it goes. But if there there is, there's a lot of new, we've been discussing, like if there's a next version of this, how it's going to be a locked shop and all that kind of fun stuff. Because the shop doubles as a storage room. So at the end of every day, everything gets packed inside of it. And uh-huh. every morning, like right now it's 6.30 in the morning, there's 10 people emptying the shop out from everything that's piled in it. So huh. by the time I get to the, to the set, my little TV workshop is all cleared out and rearranged from – it's been, whatever, 30 days, 25 days. Every single day, everything's in a different spot. Every one of the 25 days, everything's in a different place. Ew. So I come in for like a half hour and try and figure out where everything has got put away. So easy. It's fun.
0: So, uh, do you have any idea yet when you can like publicly talk about what the show is or anything? they give you any indication?
1: I-, I asked, and they said that they're going to do an announcement soon about it. And as soon as they do, then I could obviously talk about it. I can't show too much of the footage I've been shooting. I'm just like, ha- having fun with the cameraman yeah. and uh, you know that kind of stuff. But I-, I can't really show any of the behind-the-scenes stuff I've been shooting, obviously, because I'll get in trouble. But soon enough, everyone's going to hear about it, and everyone's been guessing the right guess so
2: <laughs> 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 cool
1: that's all i say and i can't say no more
2: yeah right on well david what have you <laughs> been up to pretty boring stuff over here i'm gonna take cool a cup. all right
0: well i i'm just yeah. kidding
2: <laughs> go ahead <laughs> oh it's true uh, i'm not filming a whole lot over the next couple weeks because the focus is on getting the other house up on the market so we started moving the shop And I'm going to continue doing so. And I just got a lot of housework. And so uh, I'm on a two-week shutdown. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Can I make a suggestion? Please. Uh, David, would would it be interesting for your second channel to shoot like a little documentary style of you going through the motions of trying to figure out how to get rid of the house or how to sell it or talking to agents? Because when I went through it, buying my house, the only house I ever bought and... The only house I ever want to buy, because it was such a frustrating experience. You know, the, the ins and outs. I, I realized, aside from being able to have good credit, buying a house is just simply managing phone calls. Mm-hmm. That's all I spent the entire mm-hmm. summer managing phone calls. It's like, oh, I need this document. And then I call my I call my account. I'm like, could you send this document to the bank? And then the bank calls me. It's like, not this document, the other document. And then five <laughs> days later, I call my account and I go, could you send this other document to the bank? Okay. And like, that's what it's like buying a house is like 600 phone calls in a row. And then of course you just need to have the credit. Then one day you show up, sign some bunch of papers. And then when you're at the, when you're at the thing, you sign like 600 more papers than you expected to sign. And then. Your mortgage is always like $500 more than you expected it to be. (laughs) And (laughs) insurance is always $1,000 more than you expected it to be. But you're sitting right there in front of the lawyers and you go, all right, okay, all right, I guess, okay, all right, I guess I got another job. Okay, cool, all right. (laughs) (laughs) And then you leave and you own a house.
2: Well, my first answer to that would normally be no. And I'm going to stop myself from saying no. And Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say that's a good idea. We have uh, the the, uh, the realtor is coming back on Wednesday. So I'm trying to do a bunch of stuff today and tomorrow. Um, and she's going to do a walkthrough. And we did this months ago. But um, we're at a point where the house, we even if we make less money on the house, we need to get it out of our lives. There's just too much stuff to do. So uh, we're going to have the realtor do the walkthrough again and just tell us the absolute things that we have to fix Maybe things that wouldn't pass an in, inspection or whatever, and um, yeah, maybe uh, maybe we can I can I can vlog about that on the on the second channel.
0: Yeah, it might be interesting because hmm. a lot of people have never sold a house or never bought a house. I mean, they're two pretty different processes. So yeah, that might be useful. Yeah, I know, like our house in Savannah is still sitting there. Like we we got it on the market. We did all this work to it. Uh, you know, getting it cleaned up. I had a friend do some of the floors after we left. And uh, we put it on the market and we had some interest in it and then found out that there was a leak in the pool. And so I've been trying Mm. at a distance to get somebody to fix the pool leak and I can't get anybody to call me back because the hurricanes came through and it didn't cause a lot of trouble where we were or anything, but it just kind of set everything off. Like everybody who was looking for a house is now like not – Yeah, it's not a priority, and power was out for a week or so, and just set everything behind, so Hmm. that's kind of a drag. So, I kind of feel your pain, like, you need to get rid of it, you know, it's just kind of there, like, dead weight, dead money being spent.
2: It's just something that I can't stop thinking about, and if I can get rid of it, I can worry about the things I'm supposed to worry about. So, uh, we started moving the shop, and a few days ago, I, uh, I gave a little... Uh, I made a video of a tour of, of the new place and what I plan on doing with that. The I thought the contractor was coming over today. Uh, they actually start next Monday, and it's a four-week process. So I'm ho- hoping uh, by the first week of November, I'm I'm filming in there. And you know during my, my two-week shutdown, as I'm calling it, I'm still going to film. I'm just not going to put a lot of pressure on me filming. It's just going to be like, okay, I have a little bit of time. Now I'm going to... Yeah. There's a couple... Um, jigs that i want to make and then there's some shop furniture that i can make in the meantime while the new shop is being worked on
0: stuff that will transfer over to the new shop yep not just like temporary things
2: yeah. No, um i for temporary things i have like flimsy plastic saw horses with a plywood on it and i got the miter saw on there and i would say it's 90 percent safe <laughs> i mean <it's> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and and i have things on wheels uh and and so I, I can still work. I should still be able to do do things. It just won't be as convenient as having things in their stationary position.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, like I last week I um, had I think I said it on here. Josh Price from the PI workshop was in town, sure. and him and his family spent the week here. And actually, they're still in town, uh, but. He was in the shop with me and just like wanted to help so he was like you know what can we what can I help you do to get the shop in shape and we built like a lumber rack one day uh, he built a wrap around like a cover for our furnace there's one that doesn't have a vent on it so it's like easy to cover up and it's not a big deal and so he did that and it's all covered in whiteboard it was super helpful because it was one of those things I probably wouldn't get around to for a really long time. And then the last couple days of it, of him being here, um, you know, we started talking about how, like, I'd never quite finished laying out the shop. It was like, well, this works here, I'll just put it there for now, and everything. And so we started talking about shop layout, and it was pretty cool because I found that Josh and I think a lot uh, the same way about we think through processes pretty far. And you know, if you put this here, then that's gonna cause this, and that's gonna cause this, and that's gonna cause this. So you get the the chain of effect there. And so we ended up having like a whole morning of like, well, if we put this tool over here, you know, how do we have to run the dust collection, or what's the most efficient way to put a single dust collection trunk to run multiple tools and all this stuff? So we made some really good progress, and then all of a sudden started moving everything. So now, and this was right before I left for New York, so now everything in the shop, Every single thing is in a different place than it was last week. (laughs) So we just started, (laughs) which is cool. I mean, like I walked in there this morning after getting back um, from New York and I was like, whoa, I kind of forgot that this is entirely different, (laughs) but it makes so much more sense now because we thought through placement of everything. So I'm really excited to like finish getting it set and start to run dust collection and, you know, like really settle into it. Uh, but it was really cool. It was super helpful to have him in the shop helping out, which was really cool. And just good to hang out. He's a good guy. Um, but I got back last night at like 1 a.m. from New York. Went to Maker Faire this weekend. And nice. it was it was so cool. I hadn't been in New York City in a while. I can't even remember the last time. It was It was before I started having kids. So it would have been like almost 10 years ago, I guess. And,
1: uh, oh, you you haven't been in New York since then. I feel like you come here all the time. No, I maybe Especially I talking. have. Maybe
0: I, maybe I've been there one time since then, but not much. I mean, um, no, I mean,
1: like I've not, I haven't met you in New York, since yeah. Been, since we've been friends, maybe
0: yeah. I feel like I was there one time while you weren't, like you were out of town or something. I don't know. But anyway, I haven't spent much time in the city in a really mm-hmm. long time, and it was really cool and also like really reaffirmed the fact that I could never live in a city like that. (laughs) 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 I don't know how you guys do it. I know everybody gets used to, you know, new noises and new smells and new all the stuff. Uh, But, and people grew up there and that's all they ever know and stuff. But man, what a difference of,
1: well, I'll tell you the make affair takes place in like the worst part of Queens. Mm -hmm. There's no way to get there simply. Uh, Like my friend wanted to come and stay at my apartment. I was like, Honestly, I go, you better off renting an apartment near there or getting an Airbnb because to get from my apartment to the Maker Faire, it's, it's an hour and 20 minute scooter ride on a Vespa. It's like an hour and a half in the car. Cause once you get there, there's nowhere to park. It's, it's an, it's like an hour and a half on the train because you got to make 17 connections. It's only about 15 miles from where my house is, my apartment, but to getting there, it is like the most zigzaggy back and forth on unpractical way to get there there's just the only way to get there practically is is to sleep there or take a helicopter there because it's like the most inconvenient (laughs) place in all of new york to get to
0: have you ever taken a helicopter there because that'd be awesome
1: no no i'm (laughs) just joking (laughs) the only way to get there like conveniently is like as the crow flies just just like wherever you are, go straight there because yeah yeah we had pretty good uh,
0: luck We had pretty good luck, like, taking cars just because of the time of day and the fact that it was on a weekend and stuff. That helped a little bit to get, you know, get lifts there back and forth and stuff. We took the subway one time, uh, which smelled exactly like I remembered. So that was cool. Um, And then, let's see, we walked a lot. We stayed in Brooklyn and so with some friends. And we walked from there over the bridge to Manhattan and walked around. Ended up walking like 13 and a half miles one day. Which was a lot. Whoa. Yeah, but it was That's fun. A lot. We were aiming to get to Central Park, and we didn't get anywhere close to it. We just got distracted and started going into stores and found some like festivals in the streets and walked through those. You know, it was really cool. I mean, were you with was, your wife? Yeah, yeah. Jenny went with me, and so we took oh, Friday. Great. We went in Thursday. Um, went to Matter Hackers and Ultimaker meetup at a Fab Lab there, which was really cool. Lots of people. Um. We did a talk about like functional 3D printing about not, you know, not just the toys and the gadgets and stuff, but like how to use it and how, th- and, and it was a really interesting panel of people who use 3D printing in a really different ways. And, um, I don't know if there's a video of that or not. I didn't shoot any video the entire weekend, but I was just trying to be there and enjoy it. But anyway, we did that, that night, cool talk, good meeting a lot of people. Uh, and then, The next day we spent – my wife and I just walked around New York. We had no plan. We had no schedule. We just walked, and that was awesome. We had a really good time. And then uh, Friday night went out to dinner and stuff. And then Saturday was – Saturday and Sunday were the fair. Saturday night there was another get-together with uh, Inventables and Matter Hackers Mm -hmm. at a place – I don't even know where it was. I get so turned around there. I don't know where I am. But, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Hanging out with people – at those meetups and at the fair, I met tons of people. I saw lots of people that I'd seen again. Got to meet Raina. Raina came up to me yesterday, her and her dad. Uh, oh, great. Oh, yeah. right I uh, saw her. Saw a lot of people. Saw a lot of making it shirts. A lot of people uh, <laughs> asked about you, both of you guys. A lot of people were mad at you, Jimmy. And I wanted to make sure that I <laughs> rubbed it in. <laughs> <laughs> now, you. I mean, a lot of people were disappointed that you that you couldn't make it, you know. But. Uh, we yeah. did a talk on uh, Saturday at the fair with um, Caleb Kraft, moderated. It was me, Becky Stern, John Park, Angus from Maker's Muse, and Joel from 3D Printing Nerd. And we just talked about, like, YouTube stuff, and it was 45 minutes. And I think it was, like, one of the more solid panel talks I've ever been a part of. Like, it was uh, – Caleb did a great job of getting right into it, keeping it moving – you know, everybody got to talk a little bit and put in some input. And we all came at things from a very different perspective. So I think there was a lot of good information in that talk. It was just really fast because we had 45 minutes yeah. and everybody it was just kind of like, I watched, you
1: know. Yeah, I watched some of it uh, uh, on Essay Maker's channel yesterday. I didn't get to finish it, but yeah, it looked good. It looked like it was fun.
0: Yeah, it was. It was cool. And, you know, I got to spend a little more time with like John Park. And if you guys, anybody doesn't know him. He works yep. for Adafruit and does, like, super cool stuff and uh, he's a really nice guy, too. But, yeah, we get to hang out. Finally get to meet Becky Stern, who's, like, just really good at what she does. She makes, like, a lot of wearable stuff and electronics, and
1: she's just and really She's nice. been at it for a really long time.
0: Yeah, yeah. She used to be she's at She's been Make. in the
1: YouTube game from a really long time ago, which is – she's got a lot of history.
0: Yeah, she's she's been – she's worked at Make and Adafruit, and now she's at Instructables and she just makes content for all of those people, you know, like makes projects and puts them out under those channel names and pretty cool. Yeah, I had a really, really good time. Um met a lot of patrons from for my stuff and for the show. For the show. And just had some really amazing conversations with people who were like, You guys don't know the kind of difference that you're making, you know, with people, just like with a podcast. Sweet. And it was it was pretty humbling to hear <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm not crying. I have stuff in my throat. It was really humbling <laughs> <laughs> to hear. Uh, oh, I'm crying. Know, just, yeah. yeah, just to hear like the effect that something as silly and normal as a podcast can have on people. You know, like we, I met a guy uh, right before we went into the talk, and he was he was really excited and came up and was talking to me and a bunch of other people, and was like, you know, I I never had tools. I bought tools because of you. And I was like, right on, man. That's like the coolest thing that he just. It's not like something he was dabbling in, he had never done any making, and then bought tools because of the videos and because of the podcast, and, you know, it was like a thing that he did now. And his wife was there, and she was like, yeah, it's, he just started building stuff, and now he builds furniture, and now he does this and does that, and it was, it was really cool.
2: I will say, sometimes <laughs> cool. we record an episode, and it energizes me to go work on stuff, so... Yeah, totally. Yeah, it I mean, like, me well, a well. couple
0: weeks ago... I guess last week or something we were talking about the the cart. Remember we had the whole, yeah. you know, conversation about the cart. And as soon as we finished that episode, I was like super motivated to do that, whereas I wasn't before. And I went in and just like knocked it out. And everybody's been messing with me with the Adam Savage comments since. <laughs> nice. You, you got to be careful with what you say because
2: people will take yeah. that too far.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's been really funny about it, but um, yeah, it was a great great weekend. The fair itself was really cool. Um, it's considerably smaller than the Bay Area one, you know, which mm-hmm. I'd never been to the New York one before. But still lots of cool stuff there. Um, got to see some R2-D2s, big fire-breathing dragon. That was cool. Some good talks. So it was a good time. Yeah. What are we going to talk about today?
2: Today we're gonna to pull in a couple of questions from Reddit, and the first question comes from Jay Makes on YouTube. That's his username. What are three successes you like about your videos, and three failures you dislike you dislike about your videos? I I don't know how to define success. Uh, I I guess, but I've changed my style in my videos quite a few times, and um. Even though I would consider that when I used to do the weekly wrap-up a success, it kind of set the path for me to do other, other things. I read the question and didn't give it much thought, so interrupt <laughs> me and, and save me here.
0: What about you, Jimmy? You have successes or failures in your project? I think you have a lot of successes. I would um, love to hear about some of your failures and projects, things that you think didn't work.
1: Uh, you know, it's funny, right now I am started working on a project while I'm here on the show, and I started doing this bandsaw box, remember you guys, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago? And I started working on a bandsaw box, and it, it's I try and think of these smaller, simpler projects that I'm doing that wouldn't ordinarily take me a long time. I try and relate them to when I used to do a lot of the make videos. I would do the make videos, a lot of them were only done in just a few hours, and they came out, they were very successful, a lot of them. And so this time around, I'm trying to do this. And again, with the frustrations that I talked about already with the shop, like I turn around and things are put away and I turn around and somebody just cut 32 by fours on my only bandsaw blade that's sharp and, you know, stuff like that. And I am having a little bit of a frustrating time. And so the bandsaw box did not come out great. I mean, it'll look cool. There's a lot of techniques in there that are usable, but it doesn't, it's not something I'd be extremely proud of. It's just like it's done and it's like, okay, there's a box with a bandsaw hole cut in it. And as you know, when you do a bandsaw box, that's inside a bandsaw box, and the holes—just the holes you're making—just keep getting more and more like squirrely, and so it's kind of like that. I, I'm gonna finish it. And I'm gonna try and finish it today, or tomorrow, but it's not gonna be a great video. And I'm a little nervous that lately my channel is is not getting the views. It's not getting the subs because I'm not really putting a lot of content out there. And so by the time I put this up there, it's going to be just another one. Oh, would you run out of ideas? Oh, this is horrible. You know, so I'm a little, I'm a little vulnerable right now, as far as my whole channel goes, because I just haven't been hammering the content that I like to. And once I got into my shop in July and August, I put out some good stuff. I was happy about the DeWalt videos that I did and a couple of the videos that I got up and out. But then all of a sudden now, September, I, you know, I kept telling everybody I'm not going to be able to make a lot of content, but things are dwindling a little bit and I really have to put a fire under my butt and get back to work in October.
0: So that's an interesting question. You know, like you, you, it sounds like you're feeling the pressure to put some content up, but you're not really happy with the content that you made for whatever reason, you know, whether it's Mm -hmm. something you control or not. Like, do you think it's worth putting that there or do you think it's worth just holding off until you do something that you're really happy with?
1: um, I'm going to put something, I'm going to put it up just to, because I can discuss it. I mean, I like, my Patreon voice I can discuss what's good or bad about this particular project. Because it went in a couple directions. It's really simple. It's not complicated at all. But while I was working on it, I realized it didn't fit under the bandsaw guide. And I was like, oh, wow, that was kind of a stupid mistake. I made this whole thing. It didn't fit under the guide. Uh, does this bandsaw has a, like a six inch throat? And I made this exactly seven inches thinking it would fit. Thinking, you know, because I, I, in my mind, I always like invert numbers. So. Uh, I, I'm like, oh, six is the number, seven is the number. And then I went up and I'm like, oh, it was six. Because when I measure it, I'm like, is it six or is it seven? Oh, no, it's six. But then because I, in my mind I say seven, I obsess on the wrong number. Hmm. It's, it's like a mental disability I have. I always obsess on the wrong thing because I don't want to make it wrong, and then I always make it wrong <laughs> if anybody else has that same problem. <clears throat> and anyway, so uh, I, that was like a little hiccup. And, and now there's nowhere in this half-baked shop for me to, like, cut – that much material off. And then if I do, it changes the idea anyway. So it's such a simple, stupid thing. It got me frustrated because I'm not in my own shop. I can't just turn yeah. around and go, Oh, let me just put a new bandsaw blade on. You know what? To change this band. that's in the shop from like a half inch blade to an eighth inch blade. I got to break out wrenches and Allen keys. It's so frustrating. And none of those adjustments adjust simply. They're all like very complicated. So, Every little thing in the shop is is frustrating me and I'm kind of relating that back to like me being out of my shop and my channels slowing down a little bit and all that stuff. And it's just like, it's kind of like a little bit of a snowball effect. And I just have to take a step back, put up a couple of repeats. And then when I get back to the city, just start working on a couple of the projects I have in my notebook and just get back to it. I want to start my canoe build and. That's going to be, you know, a series. It's not going to be a finish, start to finish, but I definitely want to get that started. At least I could follow up in the vlogs, you know, the progress of that. I want to get back to making my power hammer. A lot of people are asking about that. So I'm just feeling a little frustrated being away for so long. And, you know, there's a couple of my bills are coming late because I haven't been home. And so I'm trying to figure, I'm like logging into to stuff on the web that I've never logged into before to pay bills, which I've never done because I'm Mm. getting the email like, oh, you didn't pay this bill, by the way. I'm like, "I know I didn't pay it. I'm here. (laughs) And so it's like, do you want to pay it online? And so then i got to create a password. So stuff like that. Um, But as far as related to the videos, I just need to get back to making – I'm in the middle of a couple of what I like to call epic videos, ones that I know will be viral, and I just have to finish them. And Brett keeps reminding me. He's like, you know, that's sitting there. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm making another hatchet handle. I started talking about it in a vlog. I'm making a hatchet handle out of uh, of steel. And that's something I want to get back to. It's going to be one of the first things I work on when I get back. And there's a couple of other things sitting around. I made this really crazy long table that I want to finish. So as far as failures and successes, I'm just sort of a failure of managing my time, I guess you might say. Hmm. But well, it's interesting there's only so you, much I can do when I'm literally in another state.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to be kind of frustrating to be. It's right. an extended period of time to be like out of sorts and out of your place, especially after yeah. you just moved and you know got
1: settled. It'll be it'll be like five weeks by the time I get home.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You said snowball effect. Like it. It sounds like it's kind of snowballing in the direction that you don't want, but. Um, you know, at the same token, once you get back and start getting back to creating content, it's going to snowball in the other direction, right? As you create yeah, more things, exactly. you'll see all those numbers start to rise and all that. Yep. <clears throat> I yep. mean, f- for me, um, as far as like, just, uh, it's easy to, to say successes for different reasons. Like there's a bunch of things that work, but the failures I think are probably a little bit more important. Um, I had one and now I lost it. Oh, yeah, so I, when I look back at some of the videos that I've done that have that have not felt good about uh, or I've not felt like they performed well or people just didn't quite like get into it, the thing that's common between those that I've seen is they're things that I didn't necessarily need or didn't necessarily have a specific use for. Like one time there was a, an insulation company that said like, hey, can you – Use our insulation in a project and, you know, so we can sponsor it. I'm like, uh, sure, I'll come up with something. You know, just thinking like, oh, that should be easy enough. And then when I came down to it, I was like, wait, how do I work insulation into a project? And they had some sound insulation. So I said, well, I do audio stuff. I'll make some sort of a, you know, audio wraparound for doing voiceover. And technically, it worked. It worked great. It was ugly. It was something that I didn't really need. And I think that just bled into like a lack of interest into it and that carries over into the viewership i think when people see at least me when they see me doing something that i'm not necessarily into it's really obvious maybe i'm just bad at hiding that type of thing but um and so i think that's happened a couple of times sometimes it's like well i know i should be making a a project out of wood because i've been doing electronics and 3d printing lately and it's you know it's about time for me to do a wooden thing i don't really need any wooden things what can i come up with you know and i'm (laughs) you know it's like I'll just do a, this thing because it probably makes sense to do it and I'm not into it. And those usually just don't go well. But I think on the flip side of that, I guess from a success point of view, the ones, the projects and videos that I've done that are things that I'm super excited about, the things that like really get me internally just like glowing, that comes across and people comment about it all the time. Like the lightsaber people still to today leave comments that say like it was so awesome to see you light up like when the lightsaber turned on for the first time because I turned it on for the first time on camera and it just made me giddy like I giggled and just felt like oh my goodness I have a lightsaber (laughs) you know and and I think that like connected with people and so I and that and the the arcade too it was like a long-term goal when I finally had it there in the living room with the lights on the wall and the you know our artwork on the side and all that stuff I just felt like oh man this is awesome I think that stuff carries over and that's not really a success from a you know like a view perspective like that doesn't necessarily get more views it doesn't maybe doesn't teach any more than anything else but I feel like it got the point across because I was really excited and I think that carried over
2: yeah i'm going through my videos here and i'm kind of seeing the same thing that you're talking about bob the one the projects that you're just doing to oh it's tuesday i need to film something i think people can kind of sniff that out and and i'm looking through some things and i'm like oh man why did i go with that title or that thumbnail that's kind of clickbaity and i'm looking at the views i'm like those views are lower than the other ones people people know yeah. when it's not a uh, like a sincere project or projects that just have a a story attached to them seem to do better yeah they have they have a well, purpose
0: and so like both of you guys in this morning have said like david you said you're going to be taking a break and you you know um and then jimmy you've been forced to take a break kind of I found, and I think I talked about this a few weeks ago, like I was feeling really burnt out and just, you know, I still felt like I needed to get back to creating content after moving, but I was just like tired and still had a ton to do. And I don't know when the point was, but at some point I let myself off the hook a little bit and said like, okay, I'm just going to, I got to get this stuff done. And if that means I don't get to create any videos for a little while or I skip a week once a month for a couple of months, so be it. And... I mean, it could be a personality thing, but that just me saying that and deciding like it's going to be okay mm. if I don't hit my own, my self-enforced schedule. <laughs> and I felt like a huge amount of relief to just not have to feel guilty about not creating something every single week. And so, you know, like you got moving to do, you have housework to do, let yourself off the hook, yeah. you know, just get yeah. that stuff done and, and be okay with it and... And, Jimmy, like, you're in a place where you can't necessarily do the stuff that you want to do. It's out of your control for now. So, you know, just enjoy the moment where you are, and and it'll come back. Like, you'll get back to it.
1: Yeah, after. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that the vlogs will, will you know, make up. I got I got a pretty good, some pretty good vlog content this week. I was hanging out with uh, – well, it'll be out by the time we talk, uh, by the time this airs. But I got to hang out with Nick yesterday and meet a couple of his friends, and we, we kind of had, like, an art inspiration day. It was actually really fun. Sweet. So – you know, stuff like that I'll bring to the vlog. And, you know, people really, the vlog resonates with a lot of people. So I'm just going to keep, keep it up and it keeps me on pace, too.
2: You said, you know, I'm just going to let myself go. When you have that conversation with yourself internally, there's there is a little bit of magic that happens. Because I know there are certain types of projects that I do that will get some negative feedback whether it's an art-based project or some sort of digital tool. And when I go to read the comments, I know there's going to be negative comments. And so one of the tricks I've taught myself is like, hey, before I go read the comments, I don't care what people say. And for whatever reason, mm-hmm. when I just say that to myself and then go read the <laughs> comments, I, I'm I'm better off. I, I'm, I accept them. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hadn't really thought about this before until you just said that, but... I've never really thought about my expectation for the comments. Like, what is it I'm trying to get, personally get from reading comments? If it's like a pat on the back, you know, if I need a thousand pats on the back and I go there and I get, I get less than that, then I'm going to be like, oh, they didn't like it. But if I go there, I don't know, for a different reason, like, that's an interesting way to look at it, you know, kind of going into it, not with the expectation of uh people loving me, but just going there to, you know, to respond to people. I don't know. That's, Mm -hmm. that's interesting. I'm looking through my list now that you said that too. I'm looking through my um, list of videos and I think some of the good ones that seem to perform well um, just from like a a view perspective, there it's, this isn't always the case, but a lot of the ones that have performed well are things that I kind of just built off the top of my head. Uh, there are things that, like, I didn't necessarily need a guitar case. But it was, like, in the moment, I was like, well, I could, I mean, I could order one or I could just make one. That'd be cool. Like, I got a day. I can make a guitar case. And so it wasn't something I thought really hard about and planned out and spent a lot of time. It was just like, oh, this would be a th- cool thing to have. Let's do it and just did it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think some of that, it's, that's not across the board for sure, but a lot of the ones that – have been kind of spur of the moment, seem to have done really well. And maybe that's because I was motivated about them at the time. You know, like in the moment, it wasn't like, oh, this is a cool idea. I'll write it down and then come back to it in a month. It was just like, it's in my head. Let's do it. Maybe that
2: has something to do with it. I don't know. It's funny. I'm going through my list and I'm looking at, I see ones that, are, that did perform really well. And they're more common woodworking projects. Like, oh, yeah. You know, like making a hand plane or making Mm. a bed or a bandsaw box. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. I think one, woodworkers want to see woodworking, typical woodworking projects. But uh, if you are an aspiring YouTuber and you want your videos to get seen, it's okay to make something that somebody else made if you have your own take on it, because. When somebody goes to watch a bed DIY bed video, and you made a DIY bed video, your video is going to show up in the recommended videos of those other DIY bed videos. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm betting on that. This week, I'm betting on that because (laughs) um, as we were moving things around, the one thing that I didn't have to move things around in the shop that I mean, I have like my granddad's old miter saw station. What was actually his radial arm saw station? And it works perfectly fine for my miter saw. But it's big and gigantically heavy and really hard to move. And I was going to move it, like, from one side of the shop to the other. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to, like, go through the effort of moving that, I should just build a miter saw station. And if you're not aware, miter saw station videos on YouTube do ridiculously well. (laughs) People who make plans for them, like Jay Bates, they sell a lot of them because it's something that a lot of people really want to have. And I'm not going to, I'm going to do my best not to like rip off anybody else's design. I'm trying to like pull a bunch of ideas together and make something different. But it no doubt it will be very similar to a lot of other ones because it's just a, it's a desk with a mirror saw in the middle of it. <laughs> but I'm kind of betting on the fact that it's something that people look for. And there's a lot of really good videos out there already on that topic. I'm
2: hoping that mine will get tossed into the,
0: you know, recommended with it. <laughs> I
2: don't know. It's funny you mention that because I just had a conversation with Brad Rodriguez from Fix This Build That last yeah. night, and I said one of the shop, furni- one of the pieces of furniture I need to make for the new shop is a miter station, but I'm not going to film it, and it's going to be the first thing that I'm oh. not going to film in a long time, and basically it's because mine is going to be very specific to. The space that it's going in, and my needs, and there's already so many other ones, and I want to make it as fast as possible, and so I'm not yeah. gonna film it. Hmm. Interesting.
1: That's funny. The, the you table sure that not I'm gonna film it. Are you sure? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> You should. I'm 60. percent Put a sure. time lapse up. Yeah. Set up a time lapse.
2: You know what? That that might be a a good time lapse style video.
1: Just uh, this way you could uh, like let go and have fun, and at least it'll look funny.
0: <laughs> Put some like some really funny like uh, you know music behind it. <laughs> Benny Hill, yakety sax. Yeah.
1: the The table that I'm working on that I haven't finished yet is going to be is going to be basically my my chop saw station, my miter station. Hmm. And I was just going to make a table that doubled as. As that, so I was just gonna have like a the table, the chops. I would just sit on top of it with just some hold-up blocks. So I wasn't gonna get too crazy about it. But now that that's now that I need more subscribers and more views, and you talked about that, (laughs) so now I'm gonna be some inventive. (laughs) Okay, so so thanks, Bob.
2: We so, all three? David,
0: exactly. We all three are going to make minor <laughs> stations. David, you have to film it now. You can't not okay. film it. And our video I'm already
1: halfway through the video. I just have to finish the top and the drawers. So but that's see, a, something mine. I started in August.
0: Mine will be done yeah. before you even get back to New York. So you know, yeah. we'll all three have You're them. Me. We'll send video like re- references to each other, and you know, it'll be awesome. We'll all, right. all be millionaires. Uh-huh.
2: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that how it works? <laughs> I, apparently. I don't know. I don't know YouTube. Um, yeah, but I mean, it is one of those things that I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I totally get your reason for not wanting to film it. Like, sometimes you just got to get stuff done, right, to use. But you may want to film it in some way, uh, just because I know that this is, it's something that people use. That a
1: time lapse on a GoPro? Bob, do you, uh, Dave, do you have a GoPro four or five with a time lapse? I do, yes. Yeah, just set it up. Set up a two two second per shot. You know, two second intervals, and you get a, you, really, you get like a decent time lapse. So you could make faster, yeah. stretch out a little bit. So I always do two seconds time lapse. And by the way, can I tell everybody that that Dave has cigarettes stuffed in his ears, and I'm trying to figure it out.
2: Why. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, they're not. They are they're, they're wireless earbuds. They're <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. But a minute
1: ago I'm like, hmm, does he have cigarette butts stuck and bent uh, down in his ears? uh, Hmm, That's funny.
2: I smoked for a long time and thank goodness. (laughs) Did you keep them anymore? Did you keep them in your ears? I I was never the person (laughs) to keep them in my ears, no. Okay.
1: It looks like you took like two Parliament cigarettes and stuck them in yours and then bent them down. Bent them
2: down, yeah. Yeah. Next thing I I'll have the 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 pack rolled up in my sleeve like Schneider. Nice. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> Schneider. <funny>. Schneider. <laughs> you, everybody uh, you'll win awesome. you'll win first prize if anybody could say who Schneider is. Yep. <laughs> that's under that's under 25.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 35 maybe. Yeah, name the show. Um uh, well, I was going to say something. It's funny. What was that?
1: Oh, uh, I was going to say that uh, I'm in L.A., and Taylor and I noticed the other day, I haven't seen one person smoke a cigarette the entire time I've been out here.
0: Mm. Oh, man. I noticed in New York. I was like, why is everybody still smoking here? It's like so, I know. so much.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I stopped smoking about 20, 28 years ago, so I'm proud to say it. I haven't smoked in so long. And nobody should ever smoke. It's like the most horrible thing. Yeah. Once in a while, I hold a Sharpie in my mouth in a video, and everyone's like, you smoke? I didn't know you smoked. It's a Sharpie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Smoking sharpies is even worse for you, probably than cigarettes, but
1: <laughs> I'm, Darren, I'm up like up to about two a week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. So David, was there another question that kind of went along with that one? Did you say that? Yes. Or did I imagine
2: Let's see. Uh oh, the same person, uh Jay makes on YouTube asks, I would love for a show focused on how you record your projects. And he goes on to say, like uh, asked why do you explain some things and not other things what 's the process what 's the balance that you choose for your videos mm. hmm. that 's a big question hmm.
1: i could I can offer just a little advice that just happens to be top on my mind because uh, I just had this conversation with a with a fan the other day. I think it's real important. A lot of people don't realize, <clears throat> and I've said it here and I'll say it before, people think we have cameras running all day long. They think we have, we shoot like 65 hours of video. I only ever shoot when transformation takes place. If like wood, If one piece of wood becomes two pieces of wood, if two pieces of wood get connected, if a mm-hmm. piece of material gets cut in half, I only shoot any kind of transformation. If I'm going to have to show something boring for a really long time like sanding, I shoot it for three minutes because I'm only going to show it for five seconds. So stuff like that. And if, if I am going to show it for five seconds and it's really big, I want to show myself on this side of it, that side of it, that side of it, that side of it, so that people will get the quick understanding. He sanded the whole thing. So, I mean, that's, that's some really quick tips if people want to know. I don't keep a GoPro going the entire time. And if I do something really boring, I move the tripod three times while I'm shooting it. And so it looks like I'm doing a three-camera shoot, but it's just the same piece of footage in three different spots. And uh, something that's really important, and you guys could attest to this, is managing your files. So when you shoot three from three cameras oh, and sometimes disaster. the time codes the yeah. time codes aren't the same. You don't even know like you'll how many times have you edited a video and you're like, this is oh man, this looks great. And you're like, I completely forgot to put the footage from above. I completely yeah. forgot because it wasn't in the timeline in the same sequential order. That because yep. that GoPro, the time isn't set because it doesn't go online ever, and the time is set to 1962. So it's always like at the top of the pile of, of footage. I'll
2: be editing, and I'm like, oh, the GoPro is still in the Glowforge. I have to go back and go get the GoPro. Right. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that, so that, that is, that is uh, one downfall to try and do a multi-camera shoot. You really got to make sure your time code, well, the time code, you just got to make sure the time of day is set correctly on each one of the cameras yeah. so that when you bring your files in, they land in sequential order. Because if you have two GoPros and a digital SLR, you want to make sure those files all land in some sort of sequential order. Otherwise, you forget you had them. Yeah. That, and that's te- why I try to avoid using more than a couple of cameras in any shoot. Go ahead.
2: Uh, When you do have your time set on the cameras, make sure that all the different cameras uh, are set to um, daylight savings time or non-daylight savings time. Yeah, because one's always an hour off from the other.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I've done that a a times. Or the same date.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you were talking about, like, uh, having cameras running all the time and, like, shooting every single little thing. When I first started making videos, I would, with the intention of, like, I'm going to show everybody the whole process. Like, that's the, one of the kind of core things of what I do. And for a long time, without really thinking about it, I would show every table saw cut. And if you're making a cabinet, that's a lot of table saw cuts. And really, you don't need to show that because people, if they see one cut, they understand how to cut a piece of wood on a table saw. Unless you're doing something unique, right? But if you're just cutting down a four by eight panel into 20 pieces, you don't really need to show that. So that's one thing that I just kind of realized a while back that there's a lot of the stuff that I'm including that really there's no reason to show because it's, if I show it once, I can say, and then I cut all these pieces to size. Right. Mm Because with what I do, I don't, I don't tell people generally, I don't tell people the sizes that I'm cutting to because it's not always relevant. And so it's not like I'm saying, and then I cut a piece to this size, and then I cut a piece to this size. You know, there's no, like, lineup between the audio and the information I need to say and a visual of it being cut. And so in the last maybe year or so, I've removed a whole lot of that material breakdown unless there's something specific. If I have to cut a certain type of angle or a certain you know using a certain type of saw because it's like it's easier to use a circular saw to break down the sheet rather than the, the table saw i'll do that and say like this is why um, but that's like uh, one thing i think people will often just set up a time lapse when especially when they're first getting started they'll set up a time lapse and then they'll show every single cut and every mm-hmm. single bit of sanding even if it's like a thousand percent speed they're still it's showing boring. all of those pieces and when I think there's a lot of things that can be left out and still <clears throat> understood. You know, I mean, you, you got to assume that your audience has a certain level of understanding that like wood is cut with saws, you know, okay, cool. We, we established that <laughs> you, and now we don't have to show them all.
1: <coughs> a, funny, a funny piece of input that I, I, I said this to somebody as an example once a long time ago. When you're making something and you want to show people what you're making, imagine there's a little kid sitting on your lap staring between your, you know, your hands and looking exactly at what you're doing. Like, you know, you're teaching your son or your daughter or your nephew what you're doing with your hands, and they're sitting on your lap. You want the audience to be that kid sitting on your lap. So when you're Mm. shooting something, have the camera cropped into the project. I don't care what's on your table. I don't care that, you know, unless the dog is part of it, I don't care that there's a dog all the way off in the corner. And you could crop, now there's enough digital information in the picture where you could look at the picture you shot and if it does have all this extraneous information in the x outsides of your image you could zoom in and you'll still have a pretty tight image i mean do you guys remember when final cut first came out you would zoom into an image all of a sudden it would look like it was like a 340 digital picture you know it's really horrible but now you can really crop in really deep into a picture and still have a good resolution so use the cropping tool if you don't shoot it And a good crop, you could always crop in and get out all that extraneous information, like everything in the shop that we don't need to see. Yeah, like if you're you're looking at you're looking at the picture, you want like a good forty or fifty percent of it to be the information and not just like five percent of it.
0: Right. And a good way to do that for anybody that isn't maybe not familiar, if you shoot in four K, that's four times the resolution of normal Mm H D. So you have four screens, which means you can zoom in four hundred percent and still have a crisp unpixelated image and then you can even go past that and the pixelation is going to be so minimal that you're not going to notice it. But that's what Jimmy's talking about. Uh, So, you know, you can shoot in 4k even if you don't necessarily upload in 4k. But yeah, I was telling somebody, I guess it was on the panel uh, at Maker Faire. We were talking about um, getting to the thing that you want people to see. Maybe it was on the panel. I don't know. At some point this weekend I said, Uh, I think it's really important, too, to make sure that people are aware of where they are. Like, it's when we're moving through our shops and we're working on this side of this giant piece of furniture and then we have to zoom in very quickly to show, like, this is how you do this one hinge or whatever, you know, like a close-up detail thing, we understand that because we're there and we have the context of the room, but if somebody's watching the video, they don't necessarily – have the context of where you are in relation to the thing that you're showing them so a lot of times That's real important. it's it's as simple as like a wide shot of the piece of furniture with you on the yeah. left side just to show that That's you're good. there and then you zoom context in context is important yeah the con- just and a simple context shot like that can make it really much easier for somebody to follow what's happening rather than just like bouncing around from close up to close up and not really knowing where they are
1: another real important thing and, and we all do it is is context of the project let's say you're making four legs to a table and you really cropped in and now you want to show you've already accomplished two of those legs so when you're working on the third one you want to show two of them at least in the image somewhere mm. so that we know where we are in the story i mean between me and brett we're always reminding each other let just show context of where we are in the story and uh it's it's real important, I think, because it helps you. It also helps you with your edit, because when you're looking at your footage, you're like, okay, that goes over here. You know, if things are out of order in your timeline, so always be conscious of what you can show. Even at, at a when they say a picture says a thousand words, that's that's what they mean. Yeah, you could see where you are in your story by just simply looking.
2: Yeah, yeah. I- we do a couple tricks to keep things moving along. I I set limitations <clears throat> for myself where. I try not to do any time lapse and so it kind of forces me to be a little bit more creative during the shooting process and then the editing, editing process because I want my videos to be as short as possible. So if, there, uh, if there's like 10 cuts to do on a table saw, there's a couple things that I'll do. One is I'll only show two of them. I'll show the the wide shot kind of like the establishing shot you were talking about Bob and then one up close and then in the next scene I'll you know I can show the pile of boards at my bench and that tells the story I cut 10 of them I don't have to show all 10 another exactly. thing I, yeah another thing I've been doing lately is uh, since I talk to the camera while doing the things something that helps speed up my videos is uh, I'll cut all the the boards to width and length and just do a quick like one one of each and then when I'm at the bench I'll show the boards and I'm like so I already cut and I already cross cut and ripped these boards to length and then overlay that footage over top of me talking and now I'm going to do this thing and it really just speeds the video along because I I assume that most of my viewers are woodworkers and they already know what a cross cut looks like and then mm-hmm. one final thing that I'll do—not final thing, but a uh, final thing that I'll mention to speed up the videos—is I will shoot tip videos on like how to make splines for picture frames, or I'll have like how to make a picture frame videos. And so, when it comes time in a project where it is to where I'm cutting splines, I'll just reference the video. Like, I'm going to cut the splines now. I'm not going to go into detail, but I have a whole video that does go into detail. And so then my videos are cross-referencing each other, and it keeps the project video mm-hmm. shorter and condensed.
1: That's a good idea. I should do more like that. Yeah. I never do that because I'm too lazy to like, remember. <laughs> Every time I start a new video, it's just like, okay, this is the first YouTube video I'm making.
2: <laughs> what was that... Uh, um, Evan and Caitlin, they're one of my Patreon subscribers and we do a a monthly talk. And, you know, one of the things that help you helps you grow on YouTube is have as much content as you can possibly make, quality content. And so I'll tell them, like, you can shoot your normal project, but there's probably tip videos within that project. So that one project can actually be two or three videos. You know, and so you know, if you're if you're getting into YouTube, that's that's one way of having multiple videos from a single project.
0: That's interesting, I said that exact same thing this weekend to a couple of people, yeah. Because hmm. people, I talked to some people who were like, you know, do really amazing work and they were like, I just don't know how to turn this into a video. Like it's just too much for a video. And I said the same thing, we'll pull out, make an overview one and then pull out a couple of specific skills and turn those into separate things. I get to hang out with Evan and Caitlin a lot this weekend in New York. I saw all the photos.
1: Oh.
0: And they're awesome. They totally are Where are they
1: from? Are they
0: New Yorkers? They're from Houston. No, Houston.
1: Oh, okay. They okay. are
0: just as fun and real as they seem online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're cool. We, we, Jenny and I get to spend a lot of time with them. Um, you guys got anything else on this topic? This is one
2: we could probably talk more about in the future. I love talking about my video process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: One thing, one thing I, I, another quick thing is... Um, Look at YouTubers you enjoy and and emulate what they do, and you know look at successful YouTubers and say why are they successful? And then look at your video, and if your video includes three minutes of sanding, and then and then <laughs> you, you got to ask yourself while you're looking at your edit and go, okay, am I bored now? I, I watch my own videos and I go, okay, this should be a cut right there. Yeah. Okay, this should be a cut right there. All right, I'm done with this. This is boring. Cut, and then yeah. it goes on for another ten seconds, and then I go back into the original file. And I cut it. So you really got to watch your videos and just ask yourself, okay, am I bored? You know, I can take myself out of my own video and watch it and go, okay, this is stupid. Yeah. This is boring. Okay. that. Oh, that's good. I like when I did that. I should accentuate that more or crop in or whatever.
2: Move the camera as much as you can so you have different cuts. And it's not this same, the same take. Uh, I think it's Tim Schmoyer. He talks about uh, in his videos – and this is not this is not a number that everybody should follow, but there's like certain amount of seconds that he will only show the same camera angle. And it's like seven or nine seconds or whatever. And mm. he notices I kind of follow a, that. Loosely. Yeah, he notices yeah. in his analytics, like this is where people fall off if I stick to this camera angle for too long. And so, you know, make a cut, move the camera. Make another cut, move the camera. And even if you don't use all those takes you still have some some choices actually for my editing i don't like choices and i try to shoot the least amount of footage as i possibly can but move yeah. the camera more
0: that's interesting i hadn't really consciously thought about that time limit per shot but i i guess i do that like i can feel it you know when i'm editing like oh this is too much of this it, it just it needs to move on to something else but i never really thought that deep into it um, I got two more things to say. Well, actually, I forgot one of them. But what I have one more <laughs> thing to say. Well, uh, one is Jimmy. Like a long time ago, like a hundred episodes ago or something, we were talking about something similar to this, and you made the comment, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It, but it was like, like arrive late and leave early. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's, I read a lot of books about screenwriting and on David Mammoth's screenwriting book, he said, get into a scene late and get out of it early and just trust your audience will understand what's going on. Yeah. Instead of, you know, instead of, it's the idea of like when someone's like, I'm holding a two by four. I'm going to cut this two by four and then I'm going to cut it to this many sizes. If you just open the video and you just chop and you go, okay, this is my two by four. Everyone yeah. knows two by fours come at eight feet. You need 16 inches of it and you just go boom, you get that 16 inch piece in your hand. Yeah, All that extraneous starting information is unnecessary.
0: So I, I took that, when you said that, that made a really big impact on the way that I edited. And I took that and applied it to visual action, not necessarily like what you're talking mm-hmm. about, like describing. No, absolutely. But like, yeah, so absolutely. when I go to cut a piece of wood, I don't start the shot until after the body is in motion. So I am already yep. moving into the, the blade. Or whatever you know before the the that shot is available to, for people to see, and I do the same thing leaving. Like I never walk out of frame. I am walking and I'm moving toward the out
1: of frame. Yes, that's very that's very sophisticated. That's very sophisticated uh, editing that you you learn just from experience. But one of my editing teachers, I took a couple film classes. Nothing like a film course from beginning to end. And I don't have a film degree, but I took a lot of classes and. And uh, Richard Pepper was a, Richard Pepperdine was an editor at School of Visual Arts. I took a class with him and he wrote a book called The Eye is Quicker. And it was about editing. And he talked a lot about action into a scene and out of a scene. And I mean, it's sort of a common thing, but he really analyzed it where, like, like, I'm moving out of the frame right now. I don't need to be completely out of the frame to go to the next edit of me into a new room. And I don't need to be completely walking into the frame. And if you do that, your eye will go, hmm, something feels unusual about that. And you really won't know emotionally why it feels unusual, but if you chop a couple of frames off of one, couple frames off of the one leaving, going in, and then you start to find that thing where your eye goes, oh, that feels more comfortable to me. Yeah. Hmm. So, if you're watching a video and there's an edit and you think to yourself, hmm, that seems a little uncomfortable, I don't know exactly why, just drag, drag that cut left and right and just see how it feels. I do that all the time. I'm like, something feels weird about this. Let me just drag five seconds off that edit. Or Five or twenty frames off that edit, and then it feels better. I don't even know why it feels better; it just does, you know. So that's yeah. like, that's part of what this whole book was about called the eye is quicker. If I could find uh, the link to that book, I'll, I'll I'll send it to you guys.
0: Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes.
2: Yeah, I totally had a thought, <laughs> and, and and it and it went away. This oh. is the problem with recording in the morning; is we forget things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so. And this goes back to my graphic design days is I cannot drive past a billboard or look at an ad without studying in it, just even Mm. if it's for a brief second. And so my question for you guys is when you watch other videos, either on YouTube or you're watching TV or a movie, are you constantly looking at lighting and cuts and and the feel? Because I can't stop. I can't stop it. I can't turn that off. No, definitely
1: it. Yeah, we think we we. I think I definitely do. I'm always looking at like you know the emotional feeling I get from the edit, so from the, the pacing, or uh, yeah, the answer is yes.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think I like actively look for it. Like I don't intentionally analyze stuff that I watch, but I definitely feel it. You know, I'm like, man, that looks really good. I wonder how they did lighting like that. You know, I I, I see it. I notice it when it's good or I notice it when it's bad, but I don't like go into videos. Like I'm going to tear this apart and figure out how they did it.
2: Yeah. I, Oh, I don't go in there either. It's just a natural part of me watching videos. And it's funny. We'll, we'll be watching a movie or a TV show and there'll be some sort of like dramatic lighting or, or something. And Kelly's like, you're looking at the lighting, aren't you? I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I am. What's the story about? What's the name of this movie? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I do think that kind of works against me sometimes, though, because there is a lot of YouTube. There are a lot of creators that I don't watch because of that stuff. Hmm. Because like, man, I just don't want to sit through like this thing that's essentially unedited. Like a little bit of work would have made this like really nice, but yeah. you know, uh, or if true. lighting's really bad, or if audio is really bad, or something. It's just like hard for me to to want to spend my time there. And so I yeah. I know a lot of people say, like, just put things out there. Don't worry about how good it is. And I think that's good to get started. But at some point, it matters. Yeah, like learn from you, your mistakes. Learn from your mistakes and change things to get people more engaged. I think that matters a lot. And ask Give yourself, is
2: this, is this adding to the story? Do I need this in here?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought of, that reminded me. The other thing that I was going to say, somebody told me recently, and I don't remember who it was, so I apologize, that they... Uh, they, when they finish a the video, they let their kid watch it, who's who is like a young kid, and they would instead of watching the video, they watch the kid. And when the kid starts to wander, when their eyes start to wander and they start to fidget, that's no, when they that's know good. that something is wrong in the edit, and they have that's to like tighten note. it up. Yeah, I mean, you know that could apply to anybody. I mean, not just a kid. You could use a friend or like a whatever. Just notice how people react when they watch it. Iro uh, folks, good group. way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally cost effective. Okay, it's. <laughs> We're like an hour in, so I want to thank our Patreon supporters before we talk about what we're watching, real quick. Um, Especially Wise Old Dal, Jedediah Schultz, Evan and Caitlin, hey guys, good to hang out. Corey Ward, Malta Make, A Glimpse Inside, Works by Solo, also good to hang out, saw Bernie there, Uh, Torbal Terry, and Make Build Modify. But everybody at Patreon, we really appreciate your support. Um, I met, I'm looking at the list, David Ingram, got to talk to him the other night, super cool. Uh, met a lot of people that were Patreon supporters, and we're really grateful for all that support. That's how we keep the show going. And uh, in case you don't know, we do a little after show that's Patreon exclusive. More yammering by us every week. Extra blahs oh on yeah. Patreon. Oh, so. my
1: God.
0: Shout out to yeah. David Ingram so, for
2: wearing the Make Something shirt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I saw him, he was wearing it. It's pretty cool. Um, what do you guys been watching?
2: I found, I I came across this really awesome channel. It's called Learn Quick by Mike Boyd. Have you guys seen this? The best. I've talked about it before in here. Oh, you have? Why did I not pay attention to you? Because this channel is so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A week ago, there was, uh, he basically like picks a task and then just learns it. And the random things. And like uh, the video that, that got my attention was learning to stack dice with a cup like super quick and you just see him like not being able to do it at the beginning. And by the end he, he can stack dice in a fraction of a second. It's a, it's, it's really, that's weird. a crazy
1: technique. I've seen people do that. That yeah. is that are good at it. It's crazy.
2: And then he just put out a video with Alex Steele where he forges uh, a knife and, and he learns to do that. <laughs> just, that's cool. Uh, it's such an awesome channel. Yeah. I just subscribed to him just now. Yeah. Awesome. It's,
0: it's cool, man. I've been watching him for a little while, and the amount of persi- – and I've told him this. Like, the amount of persistence he has to do these things, It's it's a, it would be a stretch for me. Like, I, I don't know how he does it, but it's really impressive. It's fun to watch. And he's super excited when he gets it on every single one of the videos. When he finally nails the thing that he's doing, he's, like, all up in the camera, like, yelling. He's like, yeah, yeah! It's <laughs> –
2: that's, really that's awesome. another that's another video tip is be excited about what you're doing. If you show, if you yeah. are bored with your project, your viewers yeah. going to be bored too. No doubt.
1: So, talking about the subject of like a new channel, a young channel. Th- this young man emailed me this week and same as Leo, Leo. Let me make sure I'm saying his name right. I got to look at the email. Leo, Leo, good. Leo good. Leo, Leo. Leo Golden, Leo Golden. And, uh, he is taking on the task of restoring a hundred year old boat that's been abandoned for much of those hundred years. Ooh. It's a giant sailboat. It's like a 60 foot sailboat. He's going to restore it. And he got the boat, hauled it back to a location in the Northeast that he's going to be northwest. Rather, he's in Washington state. He's going to fix this boat up and he's four videos in. And the boat has got a shelter around and he's got a workshop and the boat is sitting there and it's all rotted and he's going to rebuild his boat. And he seems to be very experienced and he asked me to comment on his video making style. And I thought he did a very good job for his first five videos. And they're short, quick, and and the channel just started. And uh, so go take a look, give him some support and give him some comments on his videos. I think, I think you'll like them. And this is going to be an amazing series. He's rebuilding basically a, a beautiful turn of the century sailboat that is like a gorgeous boat and when he's done with it it's going to be incredible so nice one kid on a mission i say kid he's probably 25 years old
0: awesome well it's funny i'm going to continue that like new channel thing i'm actually (laughs) this is funny so i met a guy this weekend named dade and we hung out with dade a lot through the weekend and uh at the first meetup, he came over and was talking to us, and we started talking about stuff that we made, and he was like, yeah, I do some metalworking, and I do this, and I do that. I'm like, wow, that sounds really cool. And then later on, come to find out that he, like, had thought about doing YouTube, but never did it. And so then we got to talking, and he pulls out these two photo books, like books of printed pictures, which you don't see very often any- anymore. He's like, yeah, here's the stuff I make. And so we're all standing around in circle, flipping through these books, going, dude, you better get on YouTube right now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Metal, like, he made a suit of armor, and he was walking around Maker Faire in the suit of armor with, like, etched designs all over it. He had a tall bike with lights all over it and a sidecar, and he's riding around. He made all these costume things. He made a castle for his wedding with, like, Whoa. it craziness. Okay, so I just went to his channel, and I was his second subscriber. Now, his, his channel does not have the videos for these projects yet that I'm talking about. But we, I think between all the conversation and hanging out and everything, a bunch of us lit a fire under, under him to make these videos. So my challenge to all of you guys is trust me uh, that this guy <laughs> is talented and thoughtful. Go subscribe to his channel and that should give him the final push of motivation to make these videos because he's, he's very, very talented and he's a thoughtful, smart guy. Um, and I really want to see him do it. So Love go it. check out Dade. Yeah. You guys got anything else?
1: I am gonna be late for oh, my no. final episode of my TV show. So. Oh, okay. I have to go. I don't know if I can hang out for the fi- you know for the after
2: party. We'll talk about you. You can listen to it later. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, it'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, see you next week. Thank you.
1: All right, guys. Love you. Is
0: that to me or to them.
1: <laughs> just to you. Tom. Okay. It's just I like
0: love you. I love you too. <laughs>